Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. I'm here and rearing to go. And Fender Ekris. Hello, everybody. So tonight, we've all seen a lot of movies. We're going to kind of talk about them, but we also got some news that we're going to go into. But I guess, uh, I guess we'll talk about the big movie that's out first. And... Better. Did you see Barbie yet? I haven't. So yeah, go it's ahead. So I know, bizarre. I know all the spoilers. I've been hearing so many perspectives. I can't wait to hear from both of you. Saw it, right? Yeah, it's so yep. bizarre that. Oh my god, I can't wait. That I would assume that it was seen at first before we would even bother to see it. I thought it was going to be you, Fedra. Nah, I'm a slow ski. I'm sorry. My girlfriends didn't even respond, so I'm just like, uh. No, I didn't even anticipate going to see it. And I didn't think Jack was going to see it, but I th- just think it was funny that the males had seen Barbie. And, I don't uh, know. I, I've said it could be fun, and it, I thought it was fun most of the way through. Alright, yeah, so what, what are your thoughts on Barbie? And Fedra, you can ask us tons of questions. Alright. Alright. Um. Well, I enjoyed about Two-thirds, the first two-thirds to three-quarters of the movie. Um, 100% agree. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, The beginning was very funny because it was Barbie World is a satire of, you know, she's there. The other Barbies are there. You know, it's, it's a world that a little girl would dream up of and want to live in. Everything is bright and colored. Everything is fun and everybody's friends, you know. And it was just funny because here it is. You have these grown women being the characters that little eight-year-old girls would be. So it was very funny in that regards. And, you know, it's like, here's Barbie. And she's walking down the street and she's waving to... You know, pilot Barbie and astronaut Barbie, you know, and then you have like the Kens who are there and the Kens exist only to be there for Barbie. So Barbie can do all these incredible things, but Ken is the accessory for her. And he is aware that he only exists to be with her. All right, what would you score? But what would I score it? If not for the ending, I would probably have given it a, a six or a seven. You know, it's just at the end, it got very preachy. And unfortunately, it got preachy in the wrong direction. If it went preachy another way, it would have been fabulous. But that would never happen in the world today. Well, we'll talk about it, you know, with okay. the other way. But it, I'll, I'll agree with you. I, I give it a six. I, I liked it, um, like you said, up until halfway to two-thirds. Um, I, I think it's 
for me, it was more when they got back from the real world. Right. And it's, it's shortly after that that it fell apart for me. Yeah, because it's uh, – and I, I think it's fun. Again, this is a movie. It, it is very woke. and But you know what? They can make good woke films, you know, and we can all enjoy them. I mean, I think they've shown that I, – I think they should make a woke film every now and then and a non-woke every now and then. And people can enjoy – both of them they can coexist you know it's not like you have to have a combination of two that makes nobody happy you know make them both you know where you're going to pre please both crowds and if it's a fun movie you know you'll win over people from the other side well that's just it i mean the first two-thirds of the movie i didn't find it very woke i found it very satirical yeah, was, yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, they did little touches like when they go to the corporate office, you know, everybody who's a low level employee all dresses the same, you know, with like the, the, the blue shirt and the sweater vest and khakis. Everybody is dressed like that. Men, women, everybody's like that. Then they go up to the corporate boardroom every executive except for the ceo is in a black suit with a blue shirt with a dark blue tie they're all dressed exactly the same that you know which is making a comment that at some point in corporate america everybody is a cookie cutter well i i don't have a problem with that because i kind of no no i didn't have a problem with it too but like i said that it was just done in a subtle way that I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people probably missed things like that. You know, like the same thing, you know, uh, you're in lower, you're in lower management and you're in a cubicle without a door. Yeah. You that know? was actually pretty funny, which is which you know, it's like, there's little symbolism like that throughout it that you could miss very easily. Um, and like I said, I thought that was clever and that's, it's stuff like that, which is why I enjoyed the first two thirds of it, but at the end, it just got a little too preachy in the wrong way. Maybe the some some people would might might find it it was preachy in the right way, but I think it could have been so much better if they went preachy the other way. Well, I'm, I'm, this is where I find it's a little woke. It's a little bit overly inclusive. Where again, when you look at Barbie dolls, they're almost I'd say ninety percent of them are thin and blonde, you know. And I don't recall ever seeing a fat Barbie doll. And there were a lot of fat Barbie. Yeah, there, there, there were some overweight Barbies that they kind of it's like they're afraid of body shaming because Barbie is yeah. always had issues. That's you know, being too statuesque. And but, uh, um, yeah, yeah and they, they had a wheelchair Barbie, but I do think that there was a wheelchair Barbie. There was a wheelchair Barbie. I remember that. Um, the doctor was a transgender, and uh, I, I that just stuck out like a sore thumb to it, me. I, now you see, I didn't even I didn't even notice that. I knew there was supposed to be one character who was. Well, I like you said they, they they publicized it. They're like you know. Uh, the first transgender or you know they wanted to push that there was a transgender in the movie playing barbie 
but and was the reference to that character being transgender? Because I, no, I didn't catch it. She was supposed to be just a regular Barbie, but it was obvious to me that she was played it, with too hard. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I thought that was I thought that was a funny take on it that Fedra Barbies get quote broken when little girls play with them too hard. Mm -hmm. You know, like they start, you know, giving Barbie a haircut or trying to put makeup on Barbie and it's nail a polish experience. accidentally on them. Yep. It's a traumatic experience for Is the that Barbie what you did, Fedra? Same. I did. I remember my sister had Barbie and Ken and I was just like, I wonder if I could pull Ken's head off. <laughs> you know? And I did. I was able to pull it off. I couldn't put it back on. But like, you know what I, I kept waiting for that would have saved the ending? If at the end, Mattel pulled out their secret weapon, G.I. Joe, you know, and bring in the 11-inch uh, the G.I. Joe like they used to be. Cause I, I don't think G.I. Joe is Mattel. Was he? I thought it was Mattel. No, because they were talking about a potential Mattel universe after this movie. And oh. I know one of it is Barney, uh, that they might make a Barney movie. It's going to be ridiculous. Nah. You know, rock 'em, sock 'em robots. Um, Didn't yeah. they make that? It was called Blue Steel or something. Uh, With yeah. Jackman. Yeah, but that wasn't really, you know, licensed as uh -huh. Rock'em Sock'em. But, but, but going back to G.I. Joe, I thought it would have been hysterical if they say, oh, we've got our secret weapon. And you, you see G.I. Joe and he's training all the different G.I. Joes. They're going and everything, but there's nothing to be off to the scale. And then when they show up in Barbie land, they're all the four inch tall G.I. Joes, not the 11 inch G.I. Joes. <laughs> I thought that would have been funny, but it didn't happen. I will say, like I, I've heard a lot about. I don't know her last name, Greta, the director, um, Bridger, Greg Gringer, or yeah, I don't, I don't know. But she, when I the first, I would say the the first half hour, I was like, you know what, she she is a little something special, you know, because just the the things that she thought of, like the, just the opening scene. Uh, you had Helen Mirren, yeah, you know, narrating the movie, and uh, they did like a little homage to 2001: A Space Odyssey, um, which I thought was pretty cool. But that and was funny. But that was a trailer too. Was it? I I didn't watch yeah. the trailers. Yeah, they had it. That that whole scene, you know, up until you know when they're doing when they're panning up her body in the bathing suit and mm -hmm. she looks down and smiles and there's that little you know ding, the star and the smile well, I'm um, glad I didn't see that, that was the trailer but um that was a funny thing but I also don't ex understand Helen Mirren why didn't they have Rhea Perlman narrating yeah I didn't understand that and she uh, played such a big part at the end like why not have her Narrated. Well, well, why wasn't Helen Mirren Rhea Perlman? Rhea Perlman is in the movie Fetcher and she plays the creator of Barbie, you know, like almost like the god, you know, in real life, whoever it was. 
you know, the woman that created Barbie. Um, I guess she's she's dead, and she mm-hmm. but she lives in the Barbie world as like, you know, the as conscience. their god. No, actually, she's got like her own existence in the Barbie world, hmm. and um, well, actually, she's in the real world. She's not in the Barbie world. Um, but no, I think that she, yeah, you know, she's in the real world, but she's actually, she's not real though. You know, I, I, I mean, she's, she, there's a ghost in there for one of those. Yeah, it's kind of like a ghost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, because again, cause Barbie can go into the real world. It takes her a while to get there. Um, <laughs> but when she's in the real world, it messes up the real world too. By bike, by snowmobile, by boats, by spaceship, by. Yeah. Uh, so, so my big problem with the film, and again, I, I think it's a fine film. You know, I don't think kids are uh, going to automatically start hating men. Um, I like, like Jack said, that the the men were basically accessories. Like they didn't have a life where you know, like you had one that was a president that looked like Michelle Obama, you know, and you had the Doctor Barbie, the Fireman Barbie, and then the Kens just hung out at the beach you know, waiting for Barbie to come and play with them and uh, show them some attention. They, they literally would wait around all day until she appeared and they would just look for acknowledgement. So, it, you know, it gets a little dark as all of a sudden Barbie starts thinking of death. And uh, so she's told to go into the real world because her, her owner must be going through something. And um, so she goes in the real world, and then Ken, as you saw in the trailers, ends up coming Following on the show. Her. Yeah. And uh, and again, he he's just super happy just to be with Barbie. That's all he wants is to be with Barbie and for Barbie to recognize him. But once he gets in the real world, he realizes that the world is actually run by men. You know, that there's men doctors, there's men construction workers, everyone at Mattel is a man. You know. And so he brings back the book of patriarchy, which again, I've never heard of that word until this movie. Um, the patriarchy? You've never heard that? I've never heard of the patriarchy or agency, like where they say, they said something like it's Barbie's agency, uh, you know, almost like her, her truth, you know, and it's like, I hate when hipsters make up these words that we have to start using them. You know, I never heard of the page. I mean, maybe I've heard, but I never heard of it in that way, you know, where the men are the, the patriarchy, that the men are in control of everything. I mean, patriarchy, I, I think, could apply to uh, corporations or businesses, but I didn't know that it applied to men over women. I'm surprised, considering how you troll the uh, woke sites. <laughs> no, yeah, this is the first time I, I I'm, really, I'm surprised. No. Uh, I I mean for for them to use it, you know, yes, it's it's an old form of structure of the patriarchy and there have been cultures where there has been a matriarch as well. So, um Yeah, that does kind of sound woke like from the videos I saw uh you know, one woman said it was the wokest film of 2023. So I was just like, really? So I, um, 
it didn't really get me all excited anymore to uh, to see it, unfortunately. Um, I do want to see the nostalgia, though, of, of Barbie Land. Yeah. Um, when, when you... Um, most... One question I have is I don't think a lot of men will go and see this. I mean, you guys did. So maybe I shouldn't think that way. But if men see it, don't try to put us in a box, Fedra. What What do you think? Uh, <laughs> do you think most men will have this response of like, so are so is the quote unquote woke message that men are accessories to women, and it's, and that's what men should do is is cater to women now. Like we should just men should just pull back and just cater. Like I really want to know. I really do. I, I well, think, in a way, I it, think. It, Sorry, Joe, go ahead. Uh, and I was just going to say, like Jack said, it's satire. I mean, so we can appreciate like how they look at things. I don't necessarily believe that because their whole thing is they're, they're trying to say that in the real world, women, all women are oppressed. They've always been oppressed. They still are oppressed. But I, I've said this to, to Dan because he had seen the movie too. It's not just women that are oppressed. I mean, the, the, the oppressors are the people in power. Are you trying to say that Kathleen Kennedy is uh, oppressed, you know, and like Hillary Clinton, like oh, there's, um, there might not be as many powerful women in the forefront of society, but in businesses there are, uh, there are people that are afraid of their bosses and their women, you know, you know, it could be men or women. I think a lot of it has to do with power and also a lot of it has to do with looks because I've known so many people in the business world that have been promoted strictly on their looks, both men and women, you know, that they would come in at the same level and then some higher up would say, wow, I like the look of that person. The next thing you know, they'd be a vice president. And yeah, I mean, we, you're we, right. We would laugh at it. But no, I, I saw, I saw videos where uh, a guy said that if you ever, you know, get some money and if you need your teeth done, he says, get them done. And it said like some percentage that if you have really nice teeth in the corporate ladder, because of your smile, because of how you look, you'll get promoted. He said that. He's like, I mean, you're you're not far off at all. No, well, we used to have this guy, uh, you know, the like the big president on our floor. Everybody was intimidated by him. I wasn't. I used to stay away from him. But like he would like walk around. And, you know, and he would, he, he fancied men, you know, so he would look for good looking guys and it would always be the case. Like, uh, he would just walk up and down the aisles and just like, kind of look creepily like at everybody. And then his, one of his guys would be, it, and he says, that's the one I want. And the next thing you know, cause like I knew a guy, he had just worked there for maybe like three months and he was a good looking guy. Next thing you know, he was a vice president. He was making six figures. But, you know, me and everybody else was there for like three years before. And we never, but he, this guy used to do it all the time. You know, it used to be funny because like when he would get tired of, it was it was like friggin' Roman times, you know, like when he would get tired of one of his, his VPs, he'd basically get rid of them and just get a newer, a newer version, you know? 
yeah that's how, that's how it was and you know well they have to be work. promoted so that he could be near them yeah it's 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 actually predatory really and it's like that it. well, i'm sure women experience it too you know it's uh just a, a little bizarre but i'm just saying that i think it's more power and good looks uh that that cause you to move up in the business world or you know, if somebody's oppressed, I, I don't think that um, oppression discriminates uh, as much as people make it seem to be. Like, not only women are, are oppressed, men are oppressed, too. I, I agree. Was it at least a funny satire? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, because, again, you know, the girl America Ferrara was given the speech and she was like saying... She goes, you know, we have to be pretty all the time. It's always our fault. You know, men will blame us for all the problems of the world. We right. to... she, she's putting it. That speech actually made like a lot of sense, which is kind of sad. I like, don't know. As, That's the as a I woman. Like. Well, well, let's see. We have one here. Let's bounce it off her. Yeah, go ahead. You know, because, you know, it's so hard to find them around, you know. <laughs> but she gives this speech and she's like, you know, you have to look good, but you can't look too good. Because you have to look good so you'll be respected and looked at favorably. But if you look too good, you've, ne you've now like gone over into competition with other women and you're going to make you're going to make it harder on yourself. You have to be smart to get a job, but if you're too smart, you'll make people around you feel inferior. So every time, her point was every time a woman goes too far in either direction, you know, they risk making life harder for themselves because they can't be too good. They have to be good, but they can't be too good, you know. And I mean that speech. I I, well, I could also see say too flipping out, having to constantly weigh those options. And she like, says they, they blame us for everything. Well, they say they say this is indicative of women that men just don't care, you know. And like I said, and that's the part Joe is going to, you know. No, guys worry about that too, but maybe we just don't worry about it as much as women do because you know we have we have to realize it's like okay i can't be seen as a threat or else you know somebody's going to make somebody's going to make things harder on me so you do hold back hell i hold back nearly every day um <laughs> you know but it's that's just the way it is but they make it sound that women wrestle with that a lot more than men. And I don't know if that's the case or not. I mean, cause I've known plenty of women who, uh, <laughs> they, they, they just don't give a damn. Well, yeah. That, well, that's <laughs> They're like, I'm good and I know it. So I'm not going to hide it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that is phenomenal. But I just wanted to say, you know, again, their point is that if you're born, as a woman, you're at a completely disadvantage coming out of the womb. But if you're a man, you have one step up. And 
I just don't necessarily believe that, you know, I mean, that's, that's my side of things. Cause like I, I said, I've experienced life and I think that it's not gender that, I mean, maybe in some cases it is, but I'm just saying that, like I said, it doesn't discriminate oppression. It's like, you know, if, if you don't have money, if you don't have power, if you don't have the ladies, you know, I was trying to do Scarface, but I think I did it wrong. Um, that was terrible. <laughs> well, I forgot the lines. Anyway, I, I that's my. Well, I, I read the speech. Oh, you uh, I, ha I have it up. Oh, there we go. It, yeah, you know how I am. Um, well, I did get a little emotional reading it. Uh, certain lines. Right. Uh, however, I will say that you can read it. <laughs> sure, I have a good voice. Why? Why? Why don't I? Um, it is literally impossible to be a woman. Gloria no, tells cut, Barbie. Cut! 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 What for? She was doing it perfectly. Got more emotion, more feel. This is <laughs> this is this is like, damn it, world! You're going to give me an op an Oscar for the Barbie movie. Are you mansplaining? To Sell Fedra? it! Sell it, Fedra! It is literally impossible to beautiful. be a woman. Glory tells Barbie, "You are so beautiful." and so smart and it kills me that you don't think that you're good enough like we have to always be extraordinary but somehow we're always doing it wrong you have to be thin but not too thin and you can never say you want to be thin you have to say you want to be healthy but also you have to be thin you have to have money but you can't ask for money because that's crass you have to be a boss but you can't be mean you have to lead but you can't squash other people's ideas you're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. Gloria concludes, and if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. All right, so what are your thoughts? Do you think that that's all true as a woman? I think those are very true statements. But remember, again going to go all spiritual and woo-woo that words are very powerful you know what you say to others and what you say to yourself is your reality you can say that that used to be me that's the kind of woman i used to be and then like actually 
change. So, you know, there's a few things there that, you know, I'm working on currently. I wasn't happy with my body, but I'm not just whining about it and posting pictures on Instagram saying, oh, woe is me that, you know, I'm this or that. Like, I got a personal trainer and a dietitian and I did something about it. So it sounds like they're expressing their frustrations. Um, but this is the issue of when it comes to, in my, in my belief about spiritual healing, that if you keep pointing out society, if you keep pointing at your friends, you know, your teachers, your parents, your partners, you will never fix anything because you're just blaming everything but yourself. And that's very hard for women because then they're going to be like, oh my God, now you're, now you're literally saying it's my fault. And I'm going to be like, yeah, because, you know, if you want to, if you want to go super woke and be like, okay, I am this infinite, amazing goddess, then you have the power to change that. So I, I definitely see how relationships are difficult. You know, wanting to please everyone is difficult. That is definitely a program with women as being the more primary emotional nurturing person that, yeah, you're, you're supposed to be the peacekeeper. You're supposed to be welcoming to everyone. I cannot tell you how many times in my life I used to want to stab people in the face because they would look at me and be like, why aren't you smiling? You should smile. And I'd be like, here it is, you freaking asshole. There you go. I'm smiling. I don't, I don't go over to a guy and be like, dude, why aren't you smiling? The dude would punch me in the face. He'd be like, what the hell are you telling to me? And, I, and he would have every right. But when us women do it, then men are like, well, why are you in a pissy mood? It's your PMS. And it's like, oh, it's my, it's my hormones. Really? I, I, it could, it cannot be anything else. It has to be my hormones. Like, really? Like, couldn't Maybe have had a bad day. This movie. You know, like my, like my mom probably passed away or something. I lost my job. No, no, I have to smile. Right. Cause I have to look pretty, you know? So, so there is definitely a lot of themes here that, I can definitely say, but again, like, I don't like at the end of this, like, I, I don't know how the rest of it goes, but I don't like at the end of the speech, there was no solution. That's something recently. Well, thing is a, I'm sorry. Did you want to finish? Yeah. Like what, it's just what grinds my gears, you know, like I, I don't like when people complain and they dish out a whole bunch of stuff and then they don't want to hear a solution or make a change to a solution. So that was the only thing here. It was like, okay, were you just venting? <laughs> well, what, what, what happens is Ken goes back to the, to the Barbie world and tells all the other Ken's it's like, that's not what the real world is like. You know, we're in charge. And so before Barbie comes back, to the Barbie world, he gets there first, and he convinces all of the Kens to think of themselves in charge, and all the women basically are their slaves, you know, get them beers, ma massage their backs, you know, and all that. So, so they went to the whole opposite spectrum. Yeah, well, that's, that's they, what's they, weird. I they don't know why the Barbie had to go far that way, or the pendulum had to go the other way. Okay, so they went like, stepward. 
like yeah i i don't understand why the barbies all regressed into you know like the president is now wearing like skimpy outfits and getting beers for the kens and stuff i don't know why the barbies didn't stand up for themselves or something i don't understand where that went but you know they make a point ken ken comes back you know and the only thing he can get is we should be in charge because we're men but when he was in the real world he wants to become a doctor and he goes and he doesn't understand that you know you need to go to school for this you need to learn how to be a doctor you can't just ride a horse you have to learn how to ride a horse how like yeah these these images of the man in charge that he's gotten from the books he doesn't understand that that comes through experience and he runs into it where he runs into women who have gone through that education and experience and can do these things but in barbie world barbie just gets to do these things and ken's ken's don't so like i said when they got preachy, I would have thought it was funnier if they applied the woke message to the Kens. That, you well, know, hey, Ken, you're not just arm candy. You know, you could be a doctor, too. You could be a uh, a, a lifeguard. He, he couldn't become a lifeguard because his job was beach. Aww. You know, so, you know. His job was to hang out at the beach until Barbie came to the beach. You know, he couldn't save anybody because he didn't know how he didn't have any training. So like he goes there and the guy's like, no, you can't be a lifeguard. He's like, but my job is beach. I'm on the beach. And the guy, the lifeguard's like, you got to no, go to I, school. You got to learn. Mean, that satire like makes sense. But it's also like, I guess when I watch it, I'm going to be frustrated because you're going from a very weak, very passive man that has no direction except for to worship his partner because he has serious codependency issues. Yeah. Or he has to swing to the other side where now he has to be fully like in his masculine, fully dominant, fully controlling and berating his partner so that he could always have his way because he's so threatened by another person, specifically a woman to have a life with. I get it that that, that those two uh, spectrums of men and women exist. When you, when you see it, Fedra, <laughs> you, you have to understand Ken isn't threatened it's the barbies who introduce the kens to being threatened by each other where they have to compete well that, that's the whole hypocrisy too is because again right. they they make it like they're oppressed by men that that's the message at one point and that now the kens are behaving like the men in the real world but then they decide to use their sex appeal and their manipulation to get the other ones jealous and, and I'm like, you yes, don't see that's that actually as, toxic femininity, actually. Yeah, I, I, like you don't see that as a problem. So it's OK if you do it. It's not OK if the Kens do it, you know. Uh, no, you know, women the, the, don't want to talk about that. Women don't want to own up to their you know toxic side. That, 
it just goes to show it, it might not be the greatest movie ever made, but it's an interesting movie because we're all talking about it, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, it, it has some points. And I mean, it even shows how oblivious one side is to the other, where mm -hmm. the Barbies are all talking about their dream houses. And then one, I forget, one of them says something like, well, where do the Kens go? And no one knows because they're so disregardful of the Kens that, you know, the Kens could just be sleeping on the beach all the time. They have nowhere to go. They don't have that a doesn't, That doesn't make sense because there was, you know, there was camping Barbie. There was Barbie with Ken with a whole family and a dog and a kid. I mean, there was pregnant Barbie. Like, what, those parts didn't no they exist want to exist like well the midge pregnant midge did exist but she was she was she was made the joke the whole time every everyone looks at her as like i thought we discontinued her you know i i did want to say one thing i i thought ryan gosling was, was amazing in this you know yeah he was great in it i'm not a fan of margaret robbie and she didn't do anything for me in this movie either now you see i i aside from harley quinn i like her so you know no, my, my nephew thinks i'm crazy but i'm like i just don't know as i'm i just think that she's being shoved in our face i don't like her i don't think that she's that sexy uh and i was telling him too i says i think she's you know i i don't know if you're gonna say well you know you're you're being too critical uh, um, no, I was going to ask, did she emulate Barbie at least? Did you see her yes. as Barbie? Yeah, yeah. She Well, again, she was yes, probably the, so. the blondest. Uh, I would say she's kind of like a bubblehead, you know, like where she's only concerned about. Well, that's because she's stereotypical Barbie. Just, yeah, that's what she's called stereotypical Barbie. Depending yeah, she's not a doctor. Barbie's role is how smart they are. Yeah, because all she does, she gets out of bed, she has breakfast, you know, she jumps out, out of her house, goes to the beach. And goes know, to the beach. And then has girl night at night, you know, and then like brushes off Ken, you know, throughout the day. And then she repeats uh, her day every day like that. And she just gets tired of it. I'm trying to think what movie that was like. Um, but there have been movies like that where somebody's going through the same thing over and over again and then they start to realize that you know that's not the life that they want anyway it's sort of like the truman show yeah maybe a little bit like the truman show yeah. i wouldn't say groundhog day because he was aware he was repeating every day yeah but truman you know once the crack started to show when he started figuring out he's like what am i doing here but i would say definitely go see it fedra with your girlfriends and come back <laughs> to us and let us know and again what's pretty cool about this and dan was telling me this and i had gone to the movies today and people are still going dressed as barbie you know like they're wearing barbie clothes pink lots of pink you know it's a celebration and it's rare that you see something like that in the theaters and and it's packed like yeah. jack knows more than me uh, i'm telling you uh, our theater was full. In fact, we wanted to go see it 
because my son's away. We figured, okay, we would just go to the movies, you know, and we looked Friday night, every, every showing was sold out in both movie theaters. Saturday, same thing. We ended up going on Sunday afternoon and the theater was packed. So I don't, I don't know what kind of story we keep hearing from Disney and Warner brothers, but if there's something out there, people are going to go to the movies if they want to see something. And let's face it, I mean, 155 million, you know, domestically on opening weekend and Oppenheimer at the same time. What did they do? Was it 77 or 87? I think it was 80. Um, but Barbie's Warner Brothers, by the way. Well, okay, DC. The DCU, let's say, not all of Warner Brothers then. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd say definitely check it out. It, it, it's, again, I was enjoying the first part of the movie, but yeah, once it got a little too preachy, I was like, I wish they wouldn't have gone that way. They could have gone a different way. Yeah. But it was it was a smart, smartly written movie. You know, like they took their time. They knew exactly what they were going to use to kind of get people excited about things that they'd seen in the past with Barbie. Uh, they did their homework, which was, which was good. Um, I was going to go next because this is a current movie that just came out today. I saw The Haunted Mansion today. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, remember Eddie Murphy's The Haunted Mansion? Never seen it. Jack looks I, like I haven't seen it, but I remember it being out. Okay, yeah. So that was called The Haunted Mansion. This is called Haunted Mansion. And space, the, the, both of them are based on the, the Disney Parks attraction. Um, so this one, typical Disney. Uh, it's just boring. It's just, who cares? Uh, you know, like they, if you're a fan of the ride, I was trying to write the review to this, and I'm like, I couldn't even write anything. It's like, I'm going to have to write something eventually, but it's like, I don't know how to express how I feel, but it's basically, there's a lot of Easter eggs to the ride. So if you're a huge fan of the Haunted Mansion attraction, you know, you might enjoy some things. You'll see a lot of characters and rooms from the actual attraction and they do that pretty good. And even the beginning is good because it's like, uh, Rosario Dawson and her son, I think they buy a house and ends up being the haunted mansion. They go there and uh, the son starts seeing things and he's freaking out. And the mother's like, oh, it's just your imagination. You know, once it gets to be daytime, it'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's looking at something and it's like a, a guy in a suit of armor is walking towards them. And then, uh, He's like, uh, do you see that, Ma? And, and then, uh, are you sure we have to stay? And she's like, no. And then they just run. They run out of the house. You know, so she sees at that point. So I thought that was really well-scripted and written scene, the way that they did it. But what happens in this movie is that once you're in there, you have to stay there. So if you leave, they'll haunt you outside the house. So you're better off being inside the mansion than leaving, so you're forced to come back, you know. Um, so along the way, they, they meet like, 
they invite, <laughs> you know, like a priest, a psychic, a kind of like uh, some guy, he, he worked with lenses that are, he's a tour guide and a medium, you know, which she probably like a medium, Fedra. Because, you know, she, she uses tarot cards and all that. Um, but once they're in there, then they're trapped and all that. Uh, but I don't know. I was just bored. Part of the reason, part of the problem, I did fall asleep a couple of times, is that, you know, when you're in the haunted mansion, it's so dark. So I would say 90% of this movie takes place within the haunted mansion and it's dark. You can't help but fall asleep. Something has to be going on, and if there's a lot of talking, you're just gonna fall. It, you're just gonna fall asleep, and there's no action. And it's it's kind of like the like the that Godzilla movie. Remember the Godzilla movie that came out, I think, in 2014. It was like two and a half hours, and maybe there was like 15 minutes of Godzilla. Oh yeah, yeah. When uh, <laughs> when they brought. Godzilla back it was before Godzilla King of the Monsters yeah and it dealt more with uh, the nuclear reactor that attracted Godzilla or something like that yeah you don't want to hear the people talking about things you want to see the ghosts you know you want to see the haunted mansion you know that's why you're going to see a movie called haunted mansion you don't give a or if you want to if you want to give a crap about the people who in the movie, you have to make the movie more interesting. You have to make a better character development. Like the lead guy, I don't know what his name was, but he was just mumbled throughout the whole movie. I could barely understand a word he, he said. And he just looked like he just didn't want to be there. Never heard who he, he is. They're all like basically, I would say, C-list actors. Like the most prominent one is uh, Danny DeVito. Um, well, Owen Wilson is kind of a draw. I wouldn't say that. Would you think he's a draw, Fedra? Well, I mean, he's had enough movies, Bridesmaids. Uh, <laughs> that's a, to be proud of. I didn't even. I mean, know that was a that. funny film. No, well, no, that's a long it's time. Wedding ago. Crashers. Wedding oh, Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. crashers. No, and he did the Jackie Chan movies, but I'm just saying that his career is on the downslide. I mean, he's done, you know, Loki and all that, but. He hasn't really done much, you know, recently. I, my point is, they originally, they were going to make a Haunted Mansion movie with uh, Guillermo del Toro, who did Pinocchio last year, and he did Hellboy, and it was going to have Ryan Gosling in it. And that would have been a hell of a lot more scary, and I think probably a hell of a lot more profitable, because he's, he's a pretty good actor, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, and, he's good, he's good. Yeah, he is. I won't and, disagree with you there. And Guillermo del Toro is, is a very good director, though he's very dark. I think this would be more of a rated R version of The Haunted Mansion if they ever made that movie. But this movie, again, it's, an, it's a typical Disney movie where it's like, who cares? You know, it's like, I, I, don't, I never want to see this movie again. It didn't do anything for me. Um, Jared Leto plays the Hatbox Ghost. Which again, you wouldn't know it was him if you didn't know it was him. <laughs> you know, they didn't tell you because it's all a, it's a CGI ghost. I don't even think they use his real voice. It's like extremely modulated. You might see a picture of him in a human form, but you don't see him in human form. So I, I don't. He 
it pisses me off to know that he got paid probably at least a million dollars to be in this movie and he probably didn't do anything it, it probably was all cgi um but i don't know i don't know what to tell you like i i, I would say it's typical disney this movie's gonna bomb no one's gonna want to see it uh, i wouldn't necessarily recommend for families to go see it because kids could be a little scared there, there's some scary scenes in there some jump scares mm -hmm. in there well i would think most of the problem comes from the fact that the whole point of the movie is based on the location not characters correct that's what it sounds like um yes and no they all have some kind of problem but they're all i, I won't get into spoilers but it, it i'm just not interested in any of the characters but but what was kind of cool what i did like so it took place in new orleans you know like in the beginning like you you see the streets of new orleans you see like uh, dr facilier they have like a little easter egg of him um and you see like how they they treat the dead like there's a funeral and i'm like well that's cool i like that aspect of it you know that and i was hoping that it was going in that direction but it just got so boring, you know, like where they were trying to, uh, what is not an exorcism, the seance, where they were trying to mm, find yeah. out what was problem, you know, what was going on with the, the house where the ghosts were upset or how do they fix things and all that. It, to me, it focused a little bit too much on that and how everybody basically was a charlatan that they really weren't who they made themselves out to be uh i don't know i just wasn't interested in it it's kind of like i would go all the way back to remember the ghost of mr chicken with don Knotts. it's like one of those movies it's like it's <laughs> nice you know but it's i remember mr chicken typical like disney fair and but what bothered me was the wokeness in it you know like they they race swapped some of the ghosts that are in the ride. Uh, like, you never remember the stretching room? And the yes. Mansion? So one of those portraits. So one of those portraits is black now. Um, and there, there was a there was a couple of times they that you noticed they race swapped uh, the ghosts. And I was like, is that really necessary? Uh, and, and this is like you've seen in the trailer where they're at the police station and they're sketching you know like he's, he's trying to describe but like one of the ghosts looks like maybe you didn't see it huh. anyway so they're in a you know they're in the police station in new orleans all right and they're sketching you know like what uh this ghost looks like and the guy comes out with it perfectly it looks like that box goes but i just happened to notice there were a ton of sketches in the background you know people wanted wanted you know and all that stuff those posters you know, that, that they sketch and they were all white men and i was like in new orleans you know it's like uh it just didn't it's like know. they flopped the, the story is what you mean like they're flopping you know for it to be a certain 
race or certain gender or certain checkboxes is what you're implying yeah because like the the lead the lead male in it you know he's like i said he's horrible he's a black male and i don't know who he is the director i looked him up he wrote he he directed not much he directed i think a movie or a series called dear white people or or something like that yeah i've heard of it and um <laughs> and you know, it it just it just seemed like they were being overly diverse at times. Uh, you know, with the movie, where I think what they should have done is they should should have just made it an animated movie, and kind of have it where really no humans are involved, and just have in the background of the ghosts that are there. Because there's a lot of ghosts in there. There's a lot of ghost stories, like you know mm -hmm. the the birthday party that's going on in the haunted mansion. You know, uh, Madame Leota and her doing the seance, uh, the night that's in the haunted mansion. I mean, you could make so many stories and it would, I think it would work really well in animation. Oh, I know nothing that they swapped. Like, you know, you know, when you go into uh, on the ride, you hear Paul Freeze, who's a classic animation voice. He was the Burger Meister, Meister Burger, and uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. And, you know, when you sit in your buggy and you guys, welcome, foolish mortals, you know, they had a woman <laughs> doing it. And I was like, come on, they, they couldn't have used his voice or someone to sound like him. Right. They should, they, certain, the certain elements of the ride should have been kept. Yeah. It, again, you know, there is someone in charge of diversity saying it's like, nope we need to change it so that we have a woman and it's not as 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 threatening as a woman saying it i'm sorry or this woman that said it as like paul freeze which is classic people would love to hear his voice i think it's even in the trailers i i had seen a trailer and i think his voice is in it not in the movie it's like you want to go see him in the movie too bad he's not there anyway i'd probably give it for this show, probably for the review, I'll get I'll rate it a little higher. I would say probably a four. I, I really don't recommend seeing it. It should have went straightly straight straight to Disney Plus. That's what it felt like. It, it felt like a made-for-TV movie. Huh. Like Mr. Boogity. Like who? There was a Disney Channel movie called Mr. Boogity. And then they had Bride of Boogity. You know, they did make it like around Halloween. Was it Boogie Woogie from Nightmare no. for Christmas? No, it was a live action thing. And it, the, it was, the guy was called Mr. Boogity. Oh, of course. Anyway, it was, it was I, I guess you, you never watched it. It was on the Disney Channel, you know. No, never heard of it. When the Disney Channel was young, <laughs> we'll say that. Anyway, all right, Fedger, what about you? Now, you saw a movie, didn't you? Yeah, I saw uh, Mission Impossible. Jack, did you see that yet? I've not seen that yet. So what, what it, was, it was really good. It was definitely, I felt like maybe a little long, but overall, like, I, overall, I loved it. I, it, it got me actually wanting to see all of the mission impossible like now that i've seen that let me go backwards and like see them all because Wait, it was you haven't seen how many have you seen 
I've probably only seen like a couple in my life. Okay. I don't even, maybe like one or two. Well, at least you saw one or two. Uh, but I, I love the, the acting was great. I like the writing. It was great. Uh, acting was phenomenal. Love the stunts. And I think very similar to what you said, Joe, like there was just no particular agenda in it. Like I was waiting for it. I was looking for it. It was like nothing. I was just like, you know what? This is great. I could just chill and have my dinner and just enjoy this insanity. It's awesome. Are they going to make it? Are they going to defuse the bomb? Are they going to save the day? Like it was literally that theme throughout the whole film. And I was like, all right, I can dig this. So well, I knew like, in the I, I was very pleasantly surprised. Like when they had a Russian submarine, mm -hmm. they were all men and they were all white on a Russian submarine. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that they're actually doing that. And they did, they played it more real world instead of like pushing inclusiveness, inclusiveness and diversity. And I was like, thank you, thank you. It's not like that there weren't women and that there weren't people of color in there, you know, but it wasn't overdone. And it, and I think that- No, I thought it was great. I liked even the black, the, the widow was great. You know, she was, you know, sneaky and conniving and, I loved all the villains, you know, they were all ruthless and, and mean and, you know, it, it was really good. I, yeah. I, def I don't know if I'll see it again because it's really, you know, like I said, long, long yeah. and very like it, it starts, certain parts are predictable, but it did make me want to see, you know, other Mission Impossible films and compare it and, and see more stunts like that because, yeah, I mean, I love how like the whole helicopter scene was pretty awesome with, with Tom Cruise. Like that was, that was pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I really liked that scene a lot. I was telling Charlie what I was fascinated with. Again, the acting is very good. Direction is very good. Story is very good. Is that at one point, uh, Haley Outwell's character has to impersonate you know, the white widow. And um, so she wears a mask. And she's got to go into like basically have a meeting with the bad guys and all that. And so she's nervous because she's not used to doing anything. And it's so good because you know it's the actress that plays the White Widow is in this scene. But you keep thinking that it's Haley Atwell wearing a mask playing the White Widow when it's mm -hmm. actually the actress that plays the white widow i mean that's how good it is it's like i kept trying to say it's like no that's not Haley atwell that's the actress that's doing it but she's doing such a good job because she's not only playing her character she's playing Haley atwell's character and i was like that's just great i i love when they're able to do that where it i can't even talk myself into you know figuring it out properly i it was i, I enjoyed it i think jack would really enjoy it I, I'm trying to get to see it. I just hope it's it lasts another weekend or two. <laughs> well, I'm sure it will. Um, but the whole thing is, you know, and you've seen with the, the trailers, it's about AI being sentient and taking over almost like the Terminator. Um, so this is what I told Charlie. And I, I don't think it's much of a spoiler. Um, I don't think it's 
AI. I think someone's behind it because that doesn't seem like Mission Impossible where they would have an AI want to take over the world. You know, I think it's, and I'm probably wrong with this. I think it's either Luther or Benji that's turning against them. You know, uh, that feels like they were, because, you know, every time when you see a Mission Impossible and, you, and they get the tape and it's like, if you, if you or your team are caught, we will disavow any knowledge of your existence, you know, and uh, you're basically on your own, you're screwed. I, I can see one of them saying, well, it's like, why am I even doing this? You know, it's like, because they're not making a ton of money out of this. They're putting their lives in dangers con consistently. They never get real recognition from the government. Um, it's a crappy job. I don't understand why you would want to do it. Like, even if you're Tom Cruise, maybe he feels like the uh, adrenaline of doing it. But you, you have a particular skill set. Yeah, and he's saving and, the day. And, you, and you're saving the day because you know no one else can do it. Exactly. <clears throat> well, you better be damn rich. That's all I can say after all that <laughs> anyway so you know, yeah jack i think you, you'll like it it's it's sad because it, it does seem like it's it's not going to make its money back it's probably going to bomb which which is surprising because there was there was was quite a bit of excitement built up around it and it just didn't happen well right now barbie is the maverick of this year right i'm sure tom cruise will cry in his pillow filled of uh million dollar bills <laughs> you know yeah so we went the complete opposite we went toward like and that's a bro, a, a bro movie last year and then and a sister movie this year <laughs> uh, and again i think that's fine you know it's like and i think both sides of the, of the political spectrum can enjoy both you know they're both yeah, that's true decent movies um so i saw the little mermaid did you see the little mermaid fedra what you did no i wanted to make it this week but it didn't end up happening i do got to see that maybe next week did you see it is now on sale that oh, you, yeah. can, you can rent the little mermaid now but well, you you don't rent it on Disney Plus. You no. rent it on Amazon Prime. Well, it's really? Kind of. Yeah. Sorry. I thought that was very weird. That makes well, no I think sense. That's very yeah. smart for change. You know, it's like I never understood why they did that because it's like you just lose money. You know, at least like if someone's curious, at least you'll make money by someone that's like, well, it's going to be on Disney Plus three months after video on demand. You might buy it, you know, but if you put it right on there, it's like you completely lost on the sale. Unless you're someone that doesn't own Disney Plus, I don't know. I, just I just I just found it funny that they're. I I thought they would find a way to let you rent it on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I mean they did that with Black Widow, right? Yeah. And you purchased it on Disney Plus, um, where you know they get all of it instead of sharing it with Prime. But uh, yeah, oh well. And your impressions, Joe. So my impressions is uh, I think she's a good Ariel. I think her name is Halle Berry. Um, I always get it confused with Halle Berry. 
uh, she's very pretty. Uh, you know, as the it was going on, I, I became more and more attracted to the actress. Um, it's just, I think it's better than most of like the Disney live action remakes. Some of the things I thought were pretty cool, like when Ursula turns into a giant, that looks pretty damn cool. But yeah, there's a there's a huge degree of wokeness in it. Uh, well, one of the things is like the whole race swapping, and I don't understand it because Ariel's mother was murdered by some fishermen, and I I have to assume that Ariel's mother is all of the other daughters of Triton's children's mother too, but they're all of different nationalities. Like one's Asian, one is African, you know, one is whatever, you know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like one of I I, I like I, I didn't like Triton. I thought he was horrible. Uh Sebastian was the worst. I I thought he looked horrible. The guy that voiced him was just awful. It's like when you see the original movie and Sebastian makes a joke, it's funny, you know, because it's the first time you're seeing it. But when you see somebody repeat that same joke, it's like you're just repeating what he said and you're doing it just like he said it, you know, like in his accent his tone and it's not as funny you know um what's bizarre is that i think it takes place in trinidad and tobago the island so there's a queen and the queen is is black and that's eric's mother and eric was basically found on the shore or something like that and so she adopted him and she made him prince eric I, I don't think there's a king, you know, there, you know, I, or if there was, he's dead. Of um, course, another Disney character that's an orphan. Yeah, I, I was under the assumption he was going to end up being a mermaid or something like that, since they found him in the water. Merman, unless he identifies <laughs> as they and them or she or. I thought you were going to do the Zoolander thing, merman. <laughs> <laughs> it's merman. <laughs> um. But, uh, but you know, it's kind of weird. It's like, oh, we find this kid washed up on the shore. He'll inherit everything <laughs> when I die. You know, like the, the whole island and he'll be king and all that thing. Okay. I'd be a little pissed off if I lived on that island. But every, this is what bothers me. Because if it's Trinidad, everybody should be black. You know, it's a mixture. It's mostly like black and white. And the white people are wearing the clothes of of the you know the people that live there which it doesn't look right they're playing steel drums and it doesn't look right you know what i'm saying it, it's the opposite of like when i see things that are overly diverse they shouldn't be doing that you know like why wouldn't they just leave it, it you know if you're in like a, a caribbean sort of place and you have a caribbean band every, everybody would basically be of the same uh, race, you know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. It, it just, it was just overly pushing inclusiveness, and that's the first time I've ever seen that they tried to make the, you know, the, you know, you know, white people inclusive. Like even the queen, she's got like servants, and one of them is is black, and one of them is white. You know, it just like is really, really bizarre. You know, where I would have been fine if it was all. Trinidad's in there. Anyway, um, they kind of like 
what I didn't like is, and everybody knows, they changed it, the ending, where it's like Eric is now has to be saved. Like, Ursula has a Triton, and she's trying to kill Eric, trying to zap him with the Triton, and he's ducking out of the way. And then Ariel jumps on the on the ship, which she's never been on a ship. She doesn't know what a steering wheel is, but she's able to steer the ship into Ursula, and then she ends up killing Ursula. Uh, instead of Eric, which again, it's just BS wokeness. It's like where, you know, a princess doesn't need a man to save her. It's okay if a princess saves a man. It's not okay if a man saves a prince, princess. Um, I didn't like they didn't have bubbles <laughs> underwater. It looked like it was it was filmed with a green screen or a blue screen. And oh, and Aquafina. Typical Aquafina. It's just annoying her voice. She raps. She sings. She's annoying, but she's less annoying than Sebastian. I actually thought Sebastian was awful. And I can't believe that they they want him to be the thing. This guy. It just boggles my mind. Don't know. Yeah. So, I. This is a one and done for me. Like after I saw it, that's it. I never want to see it again. Um, I think it's it's most of Disney's movies, which is sad because it's like I probably will see the Barbie movie again just to see if I get annoyed at the ending. But it's it's not you know it's it's a fun movie, and you can't say that about Disney movies. It's because like they're all about messaging, and it's just. Uh, less entertaining anyway that's my little mermaid thing um did you guys see adam eve i only got to see about half of it i haven't gotten to see uh the rest of it so so Fred, no adam, not at all what's that um I don't know, did you see uh, invincible um yeah animated long so time is, ago yeah this is a spinoff and it's like one of the girls, Adam Eve. It's her her story. I watched it. I I wasn't a huge fan of it. Because did you ever see Akira? Either one of you? Yeah, years Akira. ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically the same story. Like they're experimenting with children, and then like they mutate into like disgusting looking forms, uh, and they're out of control. And they turn against their creators. Uh, I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the animation. I felt it was like a step down. I, I, I mean, a step down. I thought it was about the same. I kept switching back and forth between Invincible and that. And I'm like, yes, this is a step down. It's not as good looking. It's not as sharp. It's not drawn as clean as Invincible. You know, it's like they rushed it. I mean, it's still serviceable. I mean, it's better than a lot of the animation that we see, but it's not the same. I mean, I would suggest you watch. I, I like the beginning, but then it just, it just got a little too dark for me. And she doesn't seem like a dark character. Uh, no, you know, but I will give them credit. It's like, it's hard to come up with original characters. Uh, well, I guess they're not. I mean, it's from the whole Invincible series, maybe. I never really read it. 
but maybe she's one of the characters. Like their Justice League is is like DC's Justice League, except they're <laughs> not their Aquaman stand. <laughs> well, he lives under the sea, except he yeah. looks like, like a frog or a fish. <laughs> a fish, a frog. <laughs> he's got legs, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's he's a fish. Well, yeah, but I think he's, you know, he's got legs like a frog. Um, anyway, anyway, I, I, I would say, I mean, did you like the the half that you saw? The which one? The half that you saw. You said you saw half. I I thought it was okay. Um, I do remember from Invincible her dad being a bit of a jerk, and uh, he was a jerk in this one from what I saw up to it. But um, I thought it was okay. It was a, it, it was your it was your typical origin story. Yeah. So I have to see how it ends to see what kind of twist they may have put on it. But it was your typical sort of story. You know, it's like she finally finds a friend. The powers emerge, and that splits them apart. You know, like. Uh, like I said, it, it it's it's your typical origin story. I wonder if they're going to do that for all the characters. If we're going to get like, what was that? Yeah, I think it was one hour, like a one hour spinoff of each character from their Justice League. Oh, what show was that? Was it Justice League? Well, you know, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, everybody gets their own. Episode. Yeah, like, like they're Batman, they're Wolverine, you know, because uh, that kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't even know it was coming, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Mm. Anyway, um, so Jack, did you watch the final episode of Secret Invasion? Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, you you barely my, talked. About my opinion is people save yourselves six hours and do pretty much anything else <laughs> wow um, really it's that bad it was the premise of the scrolls impersonating people and taking over the world is such you know a a sci-fi staple um, they could have had a lot of fun with it, but the problem is this just wasn't fun. Um, I'm also of the tenant where if you watch, if you watch an episode or read a comic book, something has to happen. There has to be some, some sort of action in every episode. And even when you had some sort of action happen in this show, um, it was like, eh, so what? You know, it, it was, it was hard to be invested in it uh, because Nick Fury, we've seen an older Nick Fury who's kind of run his course. He's kind of beaten. It, it's the same thing as like Indiana Jones. Do you want to watch an Indiana Jones who's, worn out from life that's what nick fury was 
Um, they got into the whole thing of Super Scrolls, uh, where they kind of injected themselves with the extremis technology that we saw in Iron Man 3. Mm -hmm. uh, they had that. And then I think one of the guys got injected with um, Brute's. You know how a Brute would extend his arm and it would grow out in the vines and stuff to impale people? Yeah. He got that. Um, and at the end, uh, I, I think they wasted Amelia Clark. Her character really is it really isn't that interesting, which is too bad because I mean, I think, you know, Game of Thrones, I think she was great in until uh, I fell apart at the end. Um, but I liked her in solo. I've liked her in things. But she was just boring. You know, and then they got did this whole crazy CGI fest battle at the end. Um, so Dan was telling me. Um, so what? what, what oh, you would period? probably like it because you know Don Cheeto gets you know his brains blown out. <laughs> well, I'd probably like to see that. You would, you would, Joe would watch it just for see him get it, just to see Rody buy it. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I got I got a, a message from Thomas the other day, and he says, "I agree with you. Don Cheadle sucks." <laughs> so he probably wasn't that good in this series. Actually, he wasn't because um, it was he was a scroll, and you should have known he was a scroll at episode four. So it really wasn't a big reveal in episode six that he was a scroll, because if you, you were kind of like half, even halfway paying attention, you would have figured it out. So that was their big reveal. And it really wasn't much of a reveal because they kind of, you could, could have figured it out by episode four. Then they kind of spoiled it in episode five, episode six, you know, Oh my God, he's a scroll. Like, if you're paying halfway attention, you shouldn't well, know. The only thing I like about him being a Skrull is that uh, they seem to imply that he's a Skrull since Civil War when he fell. Well, this is the way that the way they have it, he's been in the Skrull memory device that they, they have this device that they use to like pull out memories from the person there impersonating. Um, they all keep saying how long he's been there and all of them get out of the machine can walk around. He can't, he's like stumbling, but he's walking, but he's very weak. So he's not paralyzed. Like we saw at the end of civil war. So maybe that was the scroll you know, faking to be paralyzed or something. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I thought the, he's, I walking thought... Around, he's walking around normal. Oh, like, I remember they... he needed that big, like, exoskeleton suit. Yeah, no, I thought that they took him while he was in the hospital. You know, like when he was... Yeah, but he's he walking around without the exo, exo legs. 
Uh, well, I hope they don't recon that, you know? Yeah. Well, that's like, we got to get ready for armor wars. So he's going to have both of his legs in good yeah, use. Yeah. I mean, considering what this move, this show could have been, um, it really was a disappointment. And like I said, we're not seeing Nick Fury at the top of his game. We're seeing a Nick Fury that is beat up and tired and he's just trying to do this, like, to make right bef before he kind of fades away. Like, it just, it just wasn't fun. There was one great character in it uh, who is Sophie. I believe she's one of the higher-ups in MI6. She's like a, a, the... Uh, British uh, intelligence agency. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know that's James Bond. Right. She's she's involved with that. And she just... She's like chewing the scenery. She's like, I'm going to play this as just a devilishly good time, and I don't care. You know? But she's she's actually pretty good. I hope we see her turn up again. Um, no, again, I was talking to Dan today, and, and he... I thought this was interesting. Like, so he told me that the last episode showed that is it Fury and Shield that they collect the blood samples every time there's a battle. Yes. So, like, they have they Captain they America collected and Thanos. They collected the DNA of any hero or creature they could find, and the scrolls are taking that. And uh, they did this in the in the comic as well. They kidnapped heroes and retrofitted their DNA, so they got these powers. Um, but they but the scrolls did that by kidnapping the superheroes and replacing them. With this, it's just Nick Fury has been collecting up samples from all these heroes and villains and creatures and collecting it. Just mad scientist stuff he likes what they look like uh yeah no, and then, then what happens is amelia clark's character gaia and the main scroll villain they get everybody's powers combined so you have you know uh amelia clark growing hulk arms and then flying around like Captain Marvel. Hmm. It was just, it, it was, in and of itself, that could have been a fun battle if you really gave a damn about either of the characters involved in it. And you know what? You didn't. And, um, I, I don't know why they decided to veer so far away from the comic source material, but this, like I said, this just was, it was empty. It wasn't fun. Uh, like I said, anybody should just spend that six hours doing something you enjoy. You know, it's funny though, because I, I go on and read it a lot and like, there's so many groups that they'll defend something to the end. Like I'll, I'll go on the Indiana, Indiana Jones group and they'll defend 
this last movie. They'll, they'll defend Crystal Skull. Like they'll, they just like, you know, oh, how dare you say this about Indiana Jones, you know? This is universally hated. It's, it's actually united all sides. Those that hate Marvel and those that love Marvel are so disappointed in this series that there's not, I mean, you know, you see people, it's like, I usually try to find something good about Marvel and I'll try to defend them. I can't, I can't with this series. Like you said, you, it wasted six hours of my life that I'm never getting back again. Yeah. I mean, it's there, there was not a single scene in this entire series. I would like to go back and revisit. It's just, it, it's, and once again, it's like I said, you have to get people to care about these characters. And Nick Fury, you got Samuel L. Jackson playing him. And he plays Nick Fury just tired, worn out, beaten down. And that's just not fun. That's just not that's just not a Nick Fury you want to see. You want to see him like walk up like yo, yo, MFR, you know, get off of my planet. You know. Well. You know, it's funny because I, I hear the trailer a lot. Like I might be do, doing something and I hear it and it annoys the hell out of me because he'll always say, because just when they, I thought I was out, they pulled me back in, you know? <laughs> and it's like, that's right from the Godfather 3. You know, it's like, you can't even be original with something like that. It's, and that's another thing too. I, and I've said this before, Samuel Jackson is not a real star. He's only good as a, as a, uh, as a co-star he can't hold his own movie he can't have his own series you know because if you look at it he's great in quentin tarantino movies i, I love yes. every single role that he's been in it but he's crap Fantastic. in everything else you know um well he he plays that he's he plays that kind of character he works better playing off somebody else yeah he's good in small doses we don't want to see a movie with him. We definitely don't want to see a series about him. And him he should by, have died. Him by himself. The be the best parts of this thing were was when him and Bill Mendelssohn were on screen together playing off each other. Those were the better scenes in it. Now they've killed off Ben Middleson, so you know, we won't see him again. You know, they had Martin Freeman show up for, you know, basically what amounted to a cameo on the first episode and a cameo on the last. Oh, I thought he got killed off. He didn't get killed off? No, he's, he's there. All right. Damn it. I didn't like him either. No, I, I think he's terrific, you know, but um, like I said, it's just... But Maria it, Hill's dead, right? Maria Hill is dead, you know. So they kind of threw away that character. You know, I it, like I said, I mean, if they went from the point of building up tension of you don't know who to trust, it would have been a very different show and it probably would have been a heck of a lot better. Well, they, they had said, I was actually reading an article that came out, I, I think, last year. Uh, Marvel does not want to hire people that are, are Marvel comic fans to write their stuff. 
and they're just being stubborn, <laughs> you know? It's like, cause they think that they can do a better job. They're like, well, you're fans, you're not writers. We're writers that we don't know the material, but yeah, we- Yeah, but there are writers who are comic yeah, fans. Yeah, but they, they're against that because they wanna, again, show their own version of what they feel the character should be. And again, wow. that's when they, they put in their political agenda at times and virtue signaling, where it's all we want to do is we want to see the comic book come alive and be able to see it on the screen. And they're like, you don't really want that. This is what you want. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. And then we're disappointed each time. Well, you know, how if if you're not going to respect the source material, how can you possibly enhance it? True. You know, there's a reason these characters have been followed for 40 years plus. There's a reason people grew up reading these, continue to read them, want movies about them. And you're going to bring your little punk ass in here and tell us, no, what you've been reading is garbage. I'm so much more insightful than the material that you that you guys love so you know what hey gee how how well is that working out for them joe man uh, they've lost a billion dollars at the movies this year yeah and uh they don't seem smart enough to realize that so i don't know how i just don't know how anyway the directors isn't like screaming but because they're getting their paychecks they don't give a damn yeah you know? but it's mostly in stock isn't it uh but the stock will eventually go up so that they can wait you know no 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 it's not necessarily all in stock no they get they get paid a salary too oh ridiculous well, stockholders. the stockholders yeah. should all oh no stock is stock shareholders yeah all right let's wrap this one up no news today so uh i think we've had enough yeah, I think yeah. you've enough. Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? You can always send me an email at jackm at wdwnt.com. And Fedra. You can follow me on Instagram or be my friend on Facebook or email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. I'm also on the podcast Russ Jump, where we talk about the moves of the 80s. This week we're doing Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, good grief. I've never seen it. I, I watched half of it. It sucks. It's so difficult to watch. But whatever. All um, right. And check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WWNT podcasts and would like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. With that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 28. So until next time, see ya. Good night, all, and be good to each other. Good night, everybody.